Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States of America. There's no such thing as someone else's child. No such thing as someone else's child. Our nation's children are all our children. This has been the President of the United States of America. May God have mercy on our souls. Stu does America. You know, when we first started the show, I didn't think we'd get to seven episodes before they canceled us. But here we are, episode 700 of Stu Does America, still growing by leaps and bounds. Thank you so much for that. We really do appreciate it. And I will tell you, there might be a few people out there just looking for something to watch at 8 p.m. Eastern right about now. Maybe they used to have a habit. Every single night, 8 p.m., they flip the TV on and watch a specific show. Now you have some availability. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We really do appreciate it. By the way, um, News Nation is interested in both Don Lemon and Tucker Carlson. So I don't know how much, you might not be here for long. I'm sure News Nation is going to be able to hire uh, Tucker Carlson. Could happen, I suppose. I kind of I kind of doubt it. And I kind of doubt anyone has interest in Don Lemon. But uh, apparently lawyers do because both, apparently, reportedly, Tucker Carlson and Don Lemon are both lawyered up with, yes, the same attorney. <laughs> That's going to be... It's going to have some interesting meetings, I think, going on uh, there. And there is the rumor out there, Tucker Carlson, is he leaving Fox News because he wants to run for president? A lot of people want you to believe that. I, on the other hand, do not believe it. I think Tucker's life is too good. I I don't know why he would want to get himself involved in something like that. Running for president's got to be hell. And I will say... He's got very stiff competition. Sure, there's the primary. There's some great candidates over there. But think of the general election. Maybe two days ago, he thought, maybe I'll try to get into this race and become president of the United States. But then he saw the announcement from Jolton Joe Biden. Yes, Biden is in for 2024. Are you as excited as I am? Biden announces his reelection bid, defying Trump and history and seemingly physics. Yes, Joe Biden is in the race. There's an inside story of how Biden cleared the field for his election bid or his reelection bid. Uh, this comes from Time magazine. Kind of goes through all of the uh, backstory, which is a little too boring to get into, especially when you realize what he had to do to get a reelection bid was to remain alive. This is not easy for a guy like Joe Biden, but he has done it so far uh, against all odds. He is still alive. His heart is still ticking. He's still sort of able to speak every once in a while and not complete, but somewhat complete sentences. And when you're the sitting president of the United States, that's kind of all you need to do. That doesn't mean that people actually want him, of course, to run. President uh, Biden holds the uh, fewest press conferences of any president in 40 years. And this has been a big part of his strategy. Stay out of the limelight. Don't remind people unnecessarily that you have this job. That's a bad way to go. People, when they are reminded that you have this job, tend to maybe have their stomach turn a little bit and they run the opposite direction. So don't tell them that you're actually there. This is key into the strategy of Joe Biden. And while it has, I would argue, it has worked at some level. I mean, for example, uh, you know, uh, people, for example, millennial and uh, Gen Z organizations are pressing Biden to run on a progressive platform. Well, and they can they can ask for that all they want, but the reality is he's run an incredibly 
progressive platform. In fact, you could easily make the case that his platform is the most progressive of any president in American history. He's taken the country and added over five trillion dollars of debt in less than two years. What do you expect from this guy if you're on the left? Uh, no one else has ever done anything like that. That's incredible. It was uh, an incredible win if you're a progressive, and yet people aren't all that thrilled with the presidency of Joe Biden so far. As Biden announces his run for president, only four in 10 Americans say he's done a good job. And when I say only, it's actually incredible that four out of 10 do. Have you looked around? Have you seen inflation? Have you seen what happened in Afghanistan? Have you seen the border? Have you seen what's happened with our spending? Have you seen what has happened with our economy and gas prices and, you know, grown men in thongs jiggling them for the for kids and story hours and all the CRT strangeness and all of this stuff has happened in such a short period of time. I think we've forgotten what the country actually was. And it's amazing to remember that Biden was largely elected on the basis of a return to normality. That was the pitch from the Biden administration. That's what we were supposed to get. Did we get that? Most people say absolutely no. NBC News looked at this and and they thought, hey, you know, Joe Biden is going to run again. What do people think about that idea? Check this out. We asked folks in this poll, do you think Joe Biden should run for re-election? Look at this. Only a quarter, 26 percent, said they think he should run for re-election. Age, a big concern. He'd be 82 uh, upon being sworn in for a second term. Just 82. Just 82. 26 percent. And of course, you don't get to a 26 percent rating here without Democrats. I mean, sure, Republicans don't want him to run again. They didn't want him to run last time. They don't want him to be president now. Independence. Yeah, most of them have turned on Biden if they were there with him. But even Democrats are saying, please, not another four years of this. They've only done two. It just feels like four. It is really, really amazing the sort of job this guy has done and still remained four out of ten are approving his job performance. That's kind of a miracle. Now, he did announce this. And as with all big news events, what you do when you really want to draw attention to something that's going on is release a video, not a big speech. It'll release a video at like two in the morning because that's the time everyone's there by their computers watching this incredible announcement video. You may have missed this because that's kind of what happened. Uh, It was sort of released overnight in a very weird rollout. No big speech, no big rally, nothing like that. Just Joe Biden on video. And, you know, when Joe Biden speaks, there's a couple things you notice. First of all, he doesn't typically make it through the sentence coherently. But secondly, and maybe more importantly, he almost never says anything that is true. It is really a remarkable record he's put together. He's almost, it's almost like lying is his first language and truth is like a second language that he took two or three classes at. He, he got, uh, you know, babble and he took a couple classes in truth, but really doesn't really understand it. Maybe a couple of the phonetics of truth he understands, but really can't get to it all that often. Let's break down his announcement video because it was astonishingly embarrassing. Watch. Freedom. Personal freedom is fundamental to who we are as Americans. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred. That's been the work of my first term. Has it? fight for our democracy. I missed that part. It shouldn't be a red or blue issue. To protect our rights, to make sure that everyone in this country is treated equally Mm. and that everyone is given a fair shot at making it. 
Is there anything that this president despises more than personal freedom? His entire presidency has been policy after policy, executive order after executive order, announcement after announcement, tweet after tweet, all restricting, restricting personal freedom. This man despises personal freedom because he thinks you might do something stupid. He thinks you are not going to be able to make choices that are positive, that serve the country. So he wants to take those choices away from you. Everything from health care to the cars that you drive to the stove that you cook with. All of this stuff is out the window under this personal freedom administration. But there was so much more. But, you know, around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms. Cutting Social Security that you paid for your entire life while cutting taxes for the very wealthy. Dictating what health care decisions women can make. Banning books and telling people who they can love, all while making it more difficult for you to be able to vote. We could do an entire monologue just on this one clip, but let me focus on one or two ridiculous things. First of all, he tips his hand here. You could see who he wants to make this him versus Trump. It's MAGA extremists. Uh, he wants this to be because he knows, obviously, a large chunk, uh, fairly or unfairly, don't like Donald Trump from the launch. So if he can go up against Trump, he thinks he can start this election at 47 percent. It'll roll the dice from there. But more excruciating has to be that these MAGA extremists want to cut Social Security. What world are we talking about? Watch every Donald Trump ad that is being run right now. All he's doing is criticizing other Republicans for the possibility that they might want to cut Social Security. And all of those Republicans are saying, we don't want to cut Social Security. Donald Trump ran in 2016 saying he wouldn't cut Social Security. And when he was in office, he didn't cut Social Security. These are ads. The Trump campaign is currently running ads that were boilerplate Democratic ads from like the mid 90s. Democratic ads running against Republicans. Joe Biden is running out the same bit of attacks against a party that has completely abandoned the idea of caring about spending at any level. This is just bonkers, bizarro land at this point. A little bit more from Joe Biden's announcement video. When I ran for president four years ago, yeah. I said we're in a battle for the soul of America. You were, you did say and that. And we still are. Yeah, we still are. We haven't killed it yet. The question we're facing is whether in the years ahead, mm-hmm. we have more freedom or less freedom. Oh, gee, what will it more be? More rights or fewer. I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do too. Yeah, we know what you want the answer to be. This is not a time to be complacent. That's why I'm running for re-election. Good heavens. I mean, I just... Constant, constant lies and a lot of weird imagery throughout. We didn't have time to give you the whole thing because it's just a bunch of pictures and wouldn't really work. But let me just give you a few of the pictures. You have, of course, a Biden hugging some woman and she's incredibly uncomfortable. You have a Biden with his hand near a woman's chest uncomfortably. Then you have him leaning in way too close to a baby. You have him looking right before he makes out with a guy, a mustache and a camo hat. A very strange part of the ad. Then you have uh, looks like he's about to punch some little girl. <laughs> I don't know. He may have slugged her right after this. You have uh, these two women who have been backed up into a corner, looking, look, uh, giving the uncomfortable smile. Hopefully this man will go away from us. And then, of course, you have uh, Joe Biden hugging a young African-American boy in a church. Notable about this African-American boy, not aborted. So congratulations on that one. Alive, which I root for all the time. Do you root for it, Joe? 
Do you think it's good that these children are always born? Because I kind of root for them to be born. Do you? I wonder. Uh, Republicans did have a response to this. And an uh, interesting part of this story, really, that's been tying into something else we've been talking about for weeks here, uh, is this is a, a, a response from the Republican National Committee uh, produced with AI technology, giving you kind of a, a, a futuristic look into what could happen if Biden is reelected. What if the weakest president we've ever had were re-elected? This morning, an emboldened China invades Taiwan. International tensions Financial markets are in free fall as 500 regional banks have shuttered their financial border agents crumbling? were overrun by a surge of 80,000 illegals what yesterday. What if our border is gone? The city of San Francisco this morning. What if crime worsens? And fentanyl crisis. Who's in charge here? It feels like the train is coming off the track. <laughs> that it does. Beat Biden is, of course, the message there. What I think is really interesting here is, yes, the campaign has started for Joe Biden. But it's, under, it's important to understand what this campaign is. This campaign is not a traditional political campaign, a guy who's out there looking for votes with policies. That's no longer the world that we live in. This policy is part of it at some level. Sure, those are the ends, but the means are really important here. The campaign that we're looking at for the next year, year and a half, is being, being fought on multiple fronts. Part of this is silencing, silencing the political enemies of the president, going after people like Tucker Carlson on Fox News, pressure campaigns, tons and tons of money to get people removed from the air, lawsuits being filed, pressure campaigns, boycotts, all of those things to get people who disagree with Joe Biden from being heard. Of course, also the legal apparatus of this country has been put together to try to go after Joe Biden's stated opponents and probably even more of them. At the same time, People on the right are being still banned from social media. We've seen this with our friends at The Daily Wire. We've seen it he with people here at The Blaze and so many more across the conservative spectrum. Their voices being taken away. We're even seeing a move now from electric vehicle um, manufacturers and other car manufacturers to take AM radio out of cars. So that when you buy a car, you just can't even get AM anymore. Now, of course, we know a lot of conservative talk radio lives on the AM band. What happens when talk radio is gone? Fox News is weakened. There's no voice for conservatives on social media. All those things work together as part of this campaign. Doesn't it seem a little intentional? Deplatforming is something that, you know, we've been hearing for years wasn't happening. This isn't real. This is a conservative fever dream, a conspiracy theory until... Yesterday, AOC started bragging about it on Twitter. This is real, and they are coming for the conservative side. And the other part about this campaign that's important to understand is it's not just silencing conservatives. It's not just silencing dissent. It's also silencing Biden himself. Biden's campaign plan here is to go into this campaign like he went back in the 2020 campaign to stay in his basement, to stay quiet, to stay hidden, to make you forget that he has done the job he has done, to make you forget his accomplishments, to make you forget he even has this job. The more he can make you forget the last couple of years, the more likely he will have four more years after this. And at the end of this, he'll be 85 
years old. Remember when we used to think Reagan was the old guy when he left office? The plan here is to hope and pray he can stay in the basement for 18 months and nobody will notice because they might hate the other candidates so much they'll elect him again. Whether this works or not, I don't know. They've tried this before. They've risked it before and lost elections. But this is the plan from Joe Biden. Hide and silence. And when those are the two things working together and you have a uh, a compliant media executing the strategy for you, don't laugh it off. It just might work. Ah, remember when you were a kid? Everything was so wonderful. Eating cereal was just kind of one of the perks. It's one of the best parts about being a kid. Getting up, watching cartoons on Saturday morning, shoveling down some sugary cereal. Was it healthy? No, but who cares? Then, unfortunately, you grow up and you have to start worrying about evil things like sugar and empty carbs. Uh, You don't want to have to do that. Well, fortunately, Magic Spoon is here to bring back the magic. Their cereal variety pack has four flavors. Cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. Yes, we're talking about zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four to five uh, net carbs, coming in at only 140 calories a serving. We're talking high protein, zero sugar, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, free-free, everything-free. Go to magicspoon.com slash stew. Grab a variety pack. Try it today. You're going to love this stuff. It's like being able to eat the old-school sugary cereal without all the bad stuff in it. And, of course, you can be sure to use the promo code STEW at checkout to save 5 bucks off of your order. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It's backed with the 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they're going to refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of high-protein cereal at magicspoon.com. Use the code STEW. Save 5 bucks. It's Magic Spoon cereal. I'm happy to welcome Dave Raboy to the program. He's a fellow at, with the Claremont Institute, and you can check out all of his work at daveraboy.substack.com. You should definitely subscribe. Dave, thanks so much for coming on the program. My pleasure. Great to be with you. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, before we get into uh, the primary that is, is coming up, what's your reaction to the last couple of days with Tucker Carlson leaving Fox News? It's been a, it's been a wild 48 hours. It's 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 wild. Not only was it Tucker, which is big news. I mean, it was uh, Don Lamont as well, <laughs> um, you know, s- slightly less significant in the scheme of things, but uh, but just as entertaining. Yeah. Um, and then it was also Susan Rice who left under, mm. um, let's say, relatively mysterious circumstances. I don't think we're going to know about what caused that for, uh, for for quite some time. But that's interesting because she was the kind of uh, a number one. Obama link to the Biden administration. And now she's um, now she's no longer. So so it's uh, yeah, it was an interesting 24 hours. Really, the race thing is really fascinating. We haven't spent that much time on it, but people don't realize that she really was a an important voice in in that administration. I mean, a lot of people kind of said she was sort of the president at times, uh, making a lot of the decisions. Um, Do we have any idea what what sort of ramifications we're going to see from this? You know what? I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I think this is the first White House that we've seen that is totally opaque when it comes to this kind of stuff. I mean, you know, yes, we hear about uh, Kamala's problems with uh, with staff and uh, and the fact that, uh, you know, the fact that that, uh, you know, she she runs through staff like um, 
you know, like, uh, like, uh, like printer paper. Um, and, and, uh, you know, and of course they're always blamed for not setting her up for success. I mean, you know, so, so that's a common refrain, but otherwise it's very, very, um, it's, I mean, there's, there's, there's pretty silent. And I think what's going on is that the media, of course, and this happened with Obama, you remember, they just kind of circle the wagons and they see that it doesn't pay to report on you know, embarrassing things. And it's, it, it, uh, it's more advantageous to them to kind of keep their mouth shut. I mean, you would think with Joe Biden that they would be, you know, furious that the guy has made, does not make himself available to press. He doesn't sit down with, you know, for long form interviews with reporters. Um, but they, you know, they take it. Yeah, they really do. We, we got the stat that he's done like basically half the press conferences of, of Trump at this point in his term. Uh, you know, he announced, though, that he is going to run. There was some speculation that maybe he would run out the clock and not go for it. He says he is going for it. He's 80 years old. Uh, you know, his record is not strong. People in poll after poll after poll say they don't actually want him to run, even on the Democratic side. Uh, you know, how what are his chances like? What do we think is going to happen here as we get into the campaign season? I've long thought that he wasn't going to be, you know, when, when it push comes to shove and the election comes around, he's not going to be on the ballot hmm. because to me, it's just too big of a it's, it's too big of a risk. If you are a power center of the Democratic Party, you're one of the big wigs and you're sort of lining up at the table for um you know, for, to, to, to divide up the spoils. Um, having Joe Biden, you know, kind of barely alive, barely awake, everybody knows. I mean, it's a punchline that this guy is, is you know, is, is, is sundowning most of the time that, uh, that, that he's on camera. Um, I mean, you would probably want to line up a, uh, you know, a, a, a different let's say this the start of a different regime. Yeah. I always thought that it would be Newsom. I mean as horrible as Newsom is mm -hmm. from our point of view, from their point of view, the guy is, you know, I mean the guy is a rock star. You know, he's he's uh he's effective at what he does. Um he's um you know, he's he's young. He's young, he's charismatic, he's um he's got a lot of energy. You would think that he would be the kind of guy to do that, but I think right now in the Democratic Party uh you know, the bigwigs, they're looking around and they're saying, well, we're not sure if we want to create a new Newsome dynasty right now, because whatever happens, it's that's that's kind of what's going to happen. But, you know, some some new Democrat dynasty is going to be created kind of in the ashes of the Joe Biden presidency. And it's just a matter of who gets to do that. Yeah, I know if I were a Democrat, I would really want like an alternate juror system where you just had like two or three candidates hanging around just in case here, because this doesn't seem like it's going to go well. On the other side here, we have a lot of candidates uh, seemingly going for this on the Republican side. We know Trump is is in. Uh, Nikki Haley is in. Uh, Ron DeSantis is not in, though talked about quite a bit. If you kind of look at just from a 50,000 foot view of the Republican primary, what are you seeing right now? Well, I mean, as you said, that's that's kind of the lay of the land um, on one hand. On the other hand is, you know, Donald Trump is the kind of, uh, you know, is the big elephant in the room. Um, he is the former president and, you know, kind of by all accounts, he should have, you know, 70 or 80 percent of the GOP locked up already. Hmm. 
the fact that he doesn't, I think, is a, is a, is a, is a tremendous sign of weakness. Um, you see the, the kind of also ran um, candidates who are running for cabinet positions or because they want to be able to sell some more books or because they want, you know, a, a, a better Raytheon, um, <laughs> uh, you know, contract later on down the line. You know, I would put Nikki Haley in, in, into that category. I mean, Vivek, of course, um, I think that's a completely manufactured candidacy. Um, who else? I mean, it looks um, like Tim you know, Scott's going to get in, uh, you know, John yeah. Bolton, maybe. Uh, there does seem what's like there'll the be a rationale for this. Yeah. Right. So I, I always have to think, like, what's the rationale for this? And and more importantly, I mean, obviously, you know, you're you're a guy who's, you know, a guy or a gal who's got a big ego. Like, OK, I mean, if somebody says you should run, you know, you, the, I, could, I could see wanting to run. But the bigger issue is, like, who's going to write those checks? Mm. Like, what kind of person is motivated to say, you know what, I really want you know, Nikki Haley out there, or I want John Bolton out there, you know, giving it his all and, and, right. and make sure, making sure to, uh, to, to kind of mess around with this process. And that's, that's what I kind of can't figure out. You know, if, if you have, um, if you have folks that like Trump, okay, donate to him, vote for him, support him. Great. But if you're a not Trump voter for whatever reason, um, you would think that that money or that support would make more sense going to a non-Trump candidate who has a chance. And right now, I don't think that's uh, anybody but uh, Ron DeSantis. Yeah, I mean, it really does seem like this is a two-person race. And I'm fascinated by the split on the right here between these two candidates. You know, it's funny because when, back in 2016, you know, I was not a big Trump guy at all. And a lot of t times people would come up to me and they'd say, you know, I'm sure Cruz is going to win or, or Bush is going to win or whoever was in that field is going to win. But you know who I really kind of like? Kind of like Donald Trump. I like the way he fights and everything else. And I heard that all the time back in the day. In a way, I'm hearing the reverse now, which is a lot hmm. of people saying, you know, you know, I, 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 I really like, uh, you know, I mean, Trump was great. He was great. And I really like that how he fought for us. But you know who I kind of like? Kind of like DeSantis. Is that a is that just a, you know, uh, something I'm noticing? Or do you think that's a real phenomenon right now? Yeah, I, th I think that's absolutely a real phenomenon. Um, I, I think that, I mean, hey, many things happened over the course of the last eight years, you know, as, as you know. One of those things is that um, Trump and many of his most vocal supporters um, forgot that it was actually a coalition that elected him in 2016 and a coalition that supported him kind of through thick and thin uh, during his presidency. And that was a lot of Cruz supporters and a lot of Cruz voters mm -hmm. who decided that, you know, like, you know, you and me who, you know, I, I mean, I'll speak for myself. I was skeptical of Donald Trump on immigration because I know that he had written a, an, an open borders uh, uh, op-ed. So I was a little skeptical and I was more comfortable with um, with with Cruz for that reason. Um, but he was elected and I supported him through thick and thin and through unfair attack after unfair attack and, you know, ridiculous um, uh, operations from the deep state down to uh, to the media and members of Congress and all, you know, all this stuff. And um, we're kind of on the other side of that. And and I think a lot of the the the, the Trump folks kind of take for granted that. For a lot of people, this was a 
you know, this, this, you know, this wasn't a fandom. It was in fact a negotiation. It was like, it was a, um, it was a, a kind of, you know, contractual relationship. You know, we support you because you will do the things that we want you to do. That's great. Um, and when you no longer support these things or when you're no longer able to, um, to get done the policy things that we all want, then maybe we'll look to somebody who is more effective. And that's where I think a lot of people are. So I think that's the, the, the let's say, the, the, the expression or that's what's behind the expression that, um, that, that you're seeing from, uh, from folks. I think it's real. It's interesting because, I mean, I think there's that there's that, I don't know, media view of, of the Republican primary voter, which is like, OK, you have the Trump fans and you have you know, the, the nationalists and populists. And, and, you know, there's a big group there. And then you have maybe the more traditional conservatives who, uh, you know, maybe some of the libertarians that are out there still on the right that are looking more towards DeSantis because they don't like Trump. I mean, you're, you're a Claremont. I mean, there's been a lot of people who've written a lot of positive things about Trump at Claremont. Right. Like this is not For a sure. there's not a. Uh, you don't have an anti-Trump bias, but it does seem to be that like there is a there's a movement to DeSantis. And is that just based on the way Trump is 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 running this campaign where it's not as much about maybe his accomplishments or his plans for the future, but more about sort of like, you know, battling with other politicians and looking back at past elections? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's what it is. Obviously, I'd, I wouldn't want to speak for Claremont because Claremont is full of a bunch of people sure. with uh, a wide, um, you know, a wide variety of, of, of views. Um, but um, but I'll just say, you know, speaking for myself and a lot of folks that, uh, you know, who, who I know. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 the case. I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's the um, it's the policies that are important. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's look. Everybody who's ever you know who knows anything about politics knows that the second term is always the most pale, anemic uh, <laughs> version of the first term. In in every possible case, you know, you name it, it's it's always happened. And in my mind, the way I I always thought about it was: look, I'm so glad that Trump won in 2016 because what the Republican Party and the conservative movement needed was a sledgehammer to break down the wall. Once once you're inside the city, you have knocked the gates down in the city. You no longer have a use for a battering ram. Mm. What needs to happen then is, you know, you need other tools that are available to you. And over the past several years, I've realized that I think the most important issue that we that we have, really the dividing line is the is the effective use of state power against uh, the institutions of the left. And that's 99.9% of what I vote on. And frankly, I mean, I was calling for this years ago and and seeing Ron DeSantis really as the only conservative um, executive, the, the only conservative politician who understands kind of how to do this and he and, and uniquely understands that, no, it's not just about winning elections. It's not necessarily about passing um uh, not necessarily about you know passing laws that kind of tinker on the margins is you need to protect your people from the predations of the left not just electorally but also culturally and through woke institutions because they've captured the academy and and big tech they've captured um 
uh, you know, the, the entertainment industry. They've captured the medical industry. And you need someone who will who will know how to intelligently navigate U.S. law, recognize what what powers he has as 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 the you know as the executive, and sort of fight on your behalf against them. You know what we saw from Trump. I mean, he did a lot of wonderful things, but like the guy's been complaining and whining for the last several years. I don't see the W's. You know, I don't see the wins. All I see is this person was unfair and that person was unfair and um, and and, uh, you know, and, 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 and whining about whining about the stolen election and, uh, you know, and everything. And it's like, OK, fine, move on. How are you going to effectively wield power now? And I have seen anything but an answer to that. Mm. I mean, this is going to be the basis of the conversation here over the next year. It's going to be a fascinating one to watch. At least you're in Florida. You're in warm weather. Everything's great there. You don't have to worry about about uh, about all the stress that goes on everywhere else in the country, Dave. Honestly, I think this is a huge factor in terms of um, kind of what makes me tick. Um, I know there are many of us who live here in Florida and then we're big uh, uh, Ron DeSantis partisans. Um, there's, I mean, there's, it's no surprise. Sometimes you forget how great it is. Uh, you know, I mean, I've lived here. Um, I've, I've had a very strong family connection to Florida all my life and I've been here a lot and I moved down here after, um, after DeSantis won, but before COVID and yes, things are different and things are so good that it's very hard to explain to someone who doesn't live here just how good things are and you feel it it's a palpable energy that um for the first time ever you know florida is booming across the state it's not just miami or orlando or tampa or whatever it's like everybody and everybody is glad to be here and you run into them in the supermarket and they're happy to be here and it's something that blue state conservatives have never experienced Mm. Um, I think what happens in, in, you know, like where you live, when folks move to Texas, they kind of feel that maybe for the first couple of years, then maybe it wears off. But um, but here in Florida, we're not taking it for granted. So it's uh, it's like, um, you know, people wonder why are you guys so pro DeSantis? Well, it's like, well. It's hard not to be when you're here. Mm. Well, I will say you better stop raving about it. You're going to have a lot of people from like California and Illinois move down there and screw the whole thing up. Uh, Dave Raboy, yeah. <laughs> he's a fellow with the Claremont Institute. Make sure to check out his Substack and, of course, great follow on Twitter as well. Dave, thanks so much for taking the time and doing the program. Stu, it's my pleasure. Thank you. So the Dylan Mulvaney fallout continues. Uh, Bud Light uh, ownership has put two executives on leave after this whole transgender influencer backlash. Now, of course, Dylan Mulvaney uh, was given a, a can of beer uh, with her face on it, his face on it, and a, uh, I don't know, some sort of weird endorsement deal it seems like uh, now not as extensive as the nike campaign which was like real photo shoot wearing sports bras but it was still really disturbing and bud light is not like an ideological brand it's like a hey everybody should enjoy our beer brand and when i say enjoy i mean it's available at the time you want to drink 
It's because it's at every bar and it's uh, at every sporting event. So that's what I'm when I say enjoy. I mean, going that way. Um, these two uh, executives, one of which was uh, the woman who bragged about how Bud Light used to have this fratty image with out of out of touch jokes and humor. And we really needed to update that with diversity. Well, this was their effort and this is how it turned out. Now they are on leave. And one of the reasons they're on leave is because of the results of what's happened here, Bud Light has suffered a staggering 17% sales plunge. This is remarkable, uh, honestly. Um, 7% down 21% uh, in volume. So 17% in dollars, 21% in volume, and the week ended April 15th. That's a massive, massive impact. I mean, you know, they, this is something that with all their strategy sessions, uh, you know, in the world, they would hope to increase a couple of percent per year of Bud Light sales. To drop 17 or 21 percent in just a few days is absolutely uh, crushing to this. Um, Bud Light's competitors are cashing in. Bud Light lost 6.7 percent of market share last week. Coors Light and Miller Light are up 18 percent, according to the newsletter. This is a a newsletter that studies this stuff. Um, Coors Light's market share was up 10.6 percent over the same period, and Miller Light up 11.5 percent. Coors Light and Miller Lite were once again big beneficiaries, according to Insights Express. Not a huge surprise. I mean, look, we brought this up before. Like, Bud Light, again, is available. I, I don't mind Bud Light. I drank it on when we did the Power Hours last year. I'm probably not going to do it again. Why? Because I'm not trying to make a statement with Bud Light. You know, you, I'm not trying to make some big statement. I just want to drink something that's e- easy to drink and available. It's not the best beer in the world, but it's fine for my purposes. I'm not some, you know, beer connoisseur. I'll drink, well, I'll drink it, whatever. But now when you bring out a Bud Light, uh, you know, can, everyone goes, oh, Dylan Mulvaney. I don't want to have the conversation about some guy dressed up as a woman. That's not really what I want to do right now. So I think uh, that's a big part of what's going on. Also, there's a, a transgender situation going on in Montana. You may have heard about standoff uh, over whether Montana Republicans will let a transgender Democrat in the state house participate. Will likely continue on, uh, on uh, all day today after a protests and arrests galvanized both those demanding she be allowed to speak and those saying her actions constitute an unprecedented attack on civil discourse. Guess which side the media is saying. What I will say, more importantly than anything in the story, because I, you know, whatever. I don't know who this person is, but I will say, the Montana rep is Zoe Zephyr. And you might say, that's a stupid name. And I understand that. But it's dumber than you think it is, because it's Zoe spelled Z-O-O-E-Y. Just like Deschanel, that's Zoe. Okay? If you want to name yourself Zoe, or you want to name your kid Zoe... The proper spelling of that is like Z-O-E-Y, I guess. It's not Z-O-O-E-Y. That's Zooey. Do you want to be Zooey or do you want to be Zoe? Make up your mind. I understand we can't even figure out which gender we are these days, but at least figure out how to spell your freaking name. Ah, yes, you've got the pants, the shirt, and the shoes. Everything you need to dress to impress. And you two turn heads really every time you walk out the door. That's wonderful, but when you walk out the door, your pants fall down. Why? Because you don't have a belt on. You need an awesome belt. You need Grip 6. Where's your money? You've lost all your money because you have some crappy wallet that had a hole in it. Well, you need Grip 6. What about your toesies? Your toesies are cold. 
It's, I'm in a studio currently where it's 14 degrees, and if you didn't have uh, Grip6 socks, your toes would be cold. That's why you need Grip6. They're a small company in Utah that sells in the United States and all over the world, but they source everything. Wallets, belts, socks, everything they need right here in America. You know, a very small percentage of stuff is made here in America. And Grip6 says, well, I don't care how small it is. We're going to do it. We're going to find a way because they actually like this country. Like you, they actually appreciate what this nation is. Go to Grip6.com slash Get great socks, get great wallets, get great belts, and support a company that loves America. Grip6.com slash Use the code Stu. Save 15%. Grip, the number 6.com slash Get 15% off today. Allow me a bit of a hot take. Yes, I want to give you a hot take right now that is almost always true. Not always, but almost always true. And here it is. Bipartisanship sucks. Ta-da! It really does. I mean, most of the time when these get idiots agree with each other, terrible things come out of it. Here's the latest example. The Las Vegas to California bullet train is getting bipartisan backing. Now, I don't know about you, but the first thing I did when I read the story was, how long does it take to, fa- to fly from Los Angeles to California. The answer, or excuse me, Los Angeles to Las Vegas. The answer is about an hour, a little bit less than an hour. Why would you, why on earth would you build a train to go this distance that will take, they're not even telling you exactly how long it will take, but it's going to take a lot longer than that. It will be empty almost all the time, and it will, of course, be a giant sinkhole of money. To wit, we'll give, of course, the, the example from uh, California, where they approved $33 billion for a train. Now a train that's like one-third the size has already ballooned to over $100 billion. And of course, they still don't have the rights in place to build the rest of the train line, which if they did, it would probably cost $150 or $200 billion. The same thing, of course, will happen here as it always does. And of course, most people who actually want to do it are going to just freaking take a plane. So anyway, there you go. Our stupid country doing stupid things in a bipartisan manner once again. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to click like right now. Follow the channel. We know a ton of people are checking us out for the first time. Uh, We really do appreciate that. I know there's been some programming cleared out around 8 p.m. on some of our favorite networks recently. So until Tucker finds a home, we do appreciate you checking us out, and it means a lot to us. Uh, Ethan writes in, I can't believe Tucker is separating from Fox. He's the second most influential conservative commentator behind Stu, obviously. Now, I will say, uh, you know, uh, between Tucker and myself, I'm definitely in the top two. Uh, so that's something to be said. Uh, Kenneth writes, uh, Blaze TV has got me a, sus- a subscriber, and I hope you guys can hire Tucker. Yes, subscribe. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. The promo code is Stu. We're going to need a giant dump truck of money to get Tucker over here. We'd love to have him over here. So um, <laughs> we'll see if that works out. Your subscriptions would help in that process, of course. Michael writes, just watch. Tucker Carlson will become the next podcasting sensation with the likes of Joe Rogan and the great souls at The Blaze. Yeah, we're very excited to see where Tucker goes next and what he's up to next. I'm sure there's something big. Uh, Troy writes, huh, it's almost like cable news is dying the slow, contracted, and painful death it deserves. Also, five algorithmic engagement stars. Yes, thank you so much. Look, we really do appreciate it. If you're looking for a show at 8 p.m., everyone who's been watching for a long time, this is a great time to spread the word about the show. A lot of people are looking for something. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. Promo code is Stu.